Hey guys, we're still in the house. Yep, nothing's changed. The your ass passed. better be in the house too. Stay home, America. Stay home, the world. The Rona is out here, and she is a pissed off bee. So yeah, um, four more states officially went under stay-at-home orders this week. Wagas, Georgia. Wagas, Florida. <laughs> Maryland and Virginia. Virginia is under uh, stay-at-home, I think, through mid-April. Um, Florida's 30 days. Georgia is till April 13th. Wow. And, but Georgia's still April 13th, but the mayor of Atlanta said, y'all in the house till I say y'all can leave. We are in the house. The city of Atlanta is in the house indefinitely. And um, so is the entire state of Maryland. So, you know, somebody pointed out this morning, I thought it was interesting that it's funny how much of a big deal is being made about being people staying home and how little conversation is being had about just the fact that the people who are supposed to be prepared and ready to protect us from this shit weren't. At all. But, you know, we can't uh, we can't just keep going over old shit. So we're going to focus on the things that we can do, which is to stay home unless you got to go to work. I saw a great meme that called it was like Trump on Joe Exotic's face. <laughs> and it said virus came. So Lord. Yeah. All right. So we're still here in the house and uh, the Internet is still IG living. I just watched David Banner and uh, Ed Reed from the Baltimore Ravens. Well, y'all know him from the Ravens. I know him from my school because we went to school together. And we're literally on campus at the same time. Uh, but that's the uh, the University of Miami, of course. The uh, they were just chatting because I guess the David Banner podcast is now on IG Live. Right. So that sounded great. I mean, you know, Edry was dropping jewels. So was Banner. And then it went really left. And y'all know I love Banner to my core. But it went really left, so I had to... Rabbit holes? Did it, it went down some rabbit holes? Man, it went to the original man. And you know that these original man Ooh. conversations... Yeah. Yeah. Easy at it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, Ed Reed has been one of the many people that has become an IG Live DJ. And somehow the internet last week moved from IG Live DJing to beat battles. Yep, we went from D Knife to Swizz and Timberland for the third time, I believe. Was that the third? So I know they did something online originally in their studios, and then they did something live at Summer Jam. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And then they did IG Live, which I feel like we talked about last week, but y'all know as well as we do, that nobody knows what day it is anymore. Mm -mm. So it's fine. It went from Swiss and Timberland to some other ones that were, you know, I don't want to say unofficial, but there obviously seems to be, like, Timberland and Swiss Beast have officially appointed themselves the kings of this uh, IG Live beat battle thing. They are the commissioners. They're the commissioners? Yeah. Okay, sure. I feel like somebody should make Lenny as the official um, judge. Listen. Because 
Lenny's those, always been the voice of reason. Because and also because for those of you who don't know, before he was Kodak Lens, he was an A and R at Rockefeller and Def Jam. So he was the A and R. The A and R. True story. I somehow managed to schedule a meeting for some guy I was dating in two thousand two, who was a producer or wanted to be a producer. And I set up a meeting for him with Lenny S. And when I tell y'all, I was more shook walking into Lenny S.'s office in 2002 than I was meeting Jay-Z in 2000. Ooh. Just me, because I'm like, I like I love the artists. The artists are great, but the execs to me are so vital. These are the people that I look up to that I'm trying to be like, or that who's, path, you know, who have created a path and a business for me to even function in. So yeah, I was super excited about that. But anyway... Uh, Swiss and Tim have appointed themselves the commissioners. Mm-hmm. Um, Hit Boy and Boy Wonder, was that officially something that they were involved with? That was officially sanctioned. We had Hit Boy and Boy Wonder. That was the beginning. And, then and we I missed that to, one. And then we went to Neo and John No, Ted. then we went to Dream and John Garrett. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You so. missed that one. So, yeah, but I feel like I was there because I got sent all the facial expressions and all of Dream's banter. They're all, you know, it's crazy. There's a whole economy right now on YouTube of people reposting these. So I've watched quite a few. That's awesome. I'm glad somebody is, is saving these things for posterity. So look, it started from the time that this battle was announced. Um, the Dream went on... Oh. Y'all, I'm trying to sneak and eat while I talk to y'all, and it's obviously not working out. Uh, so the dream went on. Um, he went on his stories and said some real shady shit like, I would rather put my efforts towards something that's going to help the greater good. But basically, he knows Sean Garrett need the look. So he'll go ahead and do it. Wow. And, I mean, it was so much shade. And from the time I saw it, I feel like Dream posted three videos before the battle even happened. And I feel like from the time I saw the first one, I just knew that this one was going to be different. Because clearly none of us were aware, but these two niggas do not like each other. At all. Like, it's serious with them. And it's crazy because we all live in the same city. So I know these dudes got to be like that Chappelle skit where the cats were, like, bumping each other in the club. It's got to be like one of those. Like, they're... Their posse see each other at like opera or something like wow. So they went in, they did their battle, and for the first hour of the battle, the main focal point was Sean Garrett and his whatever the fuck he was on. Because y'all know what you playing this hot, like, you know, I be around rappers. My best friend and her husband are cannabis activists. Um, I know what somebody looks like when they're high on weed. I know what drunk people look like. This was something else. This was something else, and I was just watching to see if his eyes were rolling. <laughs> I got um, a question. At hmm. any point, did he rub his nose? He did so much, and I was trying not to look directly into his camera. Yo, he was doing so much stripper dancing face face like put his hand over it was just a lot it was just a lot sean garrett was in full male stripper mode and y'all know male strippers are gross um but eventually they got to the music 
And I think the other thing that killed Sean Garrett was that in the first hour, um, he was playing a lot of his shit. The songs that he already tried to put out and make us like that we didn't want to like because nobody was ever really here for Sean Garrett as an artist. He didn't play Massive Attack. Even though Charlemagne was in the comments steady asking him to play Massive Attack, he didn't do it. Um, and the general consensus was that the dream won. And then the dream went on to go on title or go on Elliot Wilson's podcast that he's doing right now for title to continue talking shit. So it was ugly. It was probably the most out of all the battles that we're going to see. It was probably the least amicable one. I will say that Boy Wanda and Hit Boy got a little on the tense side. Then they get hit boy was like, Oh, you just gonna keep playing Drake records? Are you just mm. gonna playing Drake records? And you know, it's boy wonder. I mean, he got a lot of Drake records. He's got right. a lot of other records, but he's got a lot of Drake records. And you know, Drake has this classic line where he's like, you know, y'all should call me hit boy because I got all the hits boy. And uh they were generally using that to uh, you know, taunt each other. Um mm. the the craziest thing, and it's it's wild. I talked to one of my uh Grammy Award winning multi-platinum producer homies today. Um, and we, we were on FaceTime and in the text talking about the disrespect from the producer community for people during these battles. These comment sections are really kind of getting crazy. The wild thing is we, we all, like everybody can see what you're saying and everybody's picking a side. And it's like, we're disrespecting people. You know what I'm saying? And then People feel away, and you know, other people are like taking up form, and it's just, it's really getting wild. So, are they really paying attention to the comments and stuff? Because I've only watched the old nigga battles, so the old niggas don't even know where to look. Okay, because people kept telling Sean Garrett to stop with the faces, to move the camera, because at first the camera was just on his face, like it was damn near up his nostril. People mm-hmm. kept telling him to move the camera away. People kept telling him to stop licking his lips and doing all that weird shit that he was doing, and he wasn't paying attention. Until Swiss called him. Swiss Beats called him and told him to, to chill the fuck out. And then it got better after that. So um, that was that battle. Then, from what I hear, the Neo um, Janta Austin battle was the complete opposite. It was really um, civil. Right. From the, from the jump, you know, Janta Austin was dressed like. He was auditioning for the next James Bond. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was in full R&B mode, you know, nice little bot, nice little glass or something. You know, uh, the goblet was out. So right. it, it was a whole vibe. He had a fancy, it wasn't a red cup. He had him a nice little goblet of red wine. Mm-hmm. Appropriate little, size sure. goblet, too, because, you know, y'all be drinking red wine and white wine glasses, but we ain't going to talk about y'all. Hmm. So I don't know. Um, no swill going on. <laughs> I also heard that Jonta let it let Neil feel like maybe he might have won, or Neil might have walked away like thinking that he won, but that's really not what happened. I don't know if he felt like it. See, here's the other thing. I feel like we're trying to keep. Um, I feel like the commissioners are trying to appease both people in the battle, mm. right? So even with the live scoring, 
you know, they're just calling out random numbers. Oh, that was a draw. Oh, that was they're trying to keep it even for the sake of not embarrassing somebody. We want blood. And Listen, let me tell you, let me tell you what tells me. Let me tell you what these what tells me that these guys don't care about not embarrassing people, okay? Last night was Scott Storch versus Manny Fresh. Mm-hmm. And it was embarrassing. It was. For Manny. Well, it was also embarrassing for Scott because Manny was playing crackhead skits. What? Yeah. I missed that. So Manny had, he came up with these skits and the skits kind of alluded to some of Scott's issues in life. It was it was a weird space, you know, but because when it, I logged on, Manny was acquiescing and bowing out. He, I mean, he had no choice, but you know, he, apparently, we got to a certain amount of records where he just started playing bounce mixes, and he played a remix of one of Scott Storch's songs, and you know, it, it was just like, yeah. You know, and I think that's probably when Fat Joe said throw the towel in. Um, so this was the whole thing. The whole thing was that it was originally supposed to be um, Scott Storch versus, versus T-Pain. And I don't know if they picked that because of a Florida thing. Um, I don't know what the reasoning was. What is Swiss Beats Instagram? Because I'm trying to find this, this damn score sheet they get. Uh-huh. The real Swiss. Okay. So... That was the original announcement. Then somewhere it got switched up, presumably because they wanted to be producer versus producer instead of producer versus songwriter. Cool. What I saw that really um, was eye-opening to me was Swiss Beats' scorecard. And you can pull it up on Instagram, as I just did. And generally... Every song that Swiss Beat, every matchup that Swiss Beats called a draw, people who are from the South or have lived in the South for a significant amount of time feel like those should have went to Manny Fresh. Um, so, okay. It was a bunch of stuff going on. Now, full disclosure, I am from the North. I am from the city that Scott Storch claims. And <laughs> We claim him. No, I mean, he grew up in Philly. It's not a rumor. He you know, went to high school. His mom was a, a singer for Philadelphia International Records. Like, he's from the Philadelphia area. Um, he was an original member of The Roots. Not a secret. Um, but I also have family from the South. And mm-hmm. I went to college in the South around the time when cash money was ruling the world. Mm-hmm. And I was a Oh, I was a, a, a Cash Money fan just like everybody else. But Manny Fresh played some good stuff. He ran out of gas. And a lot of his joints just could not overpower the range or just the, the overall star pop quality of the joints that Scott played. Scott played hit records. Manny played joints that niggas enjoy at parties in college. And I say that with the utmost respect for Manny Fresh. But 
And then what the other thing is, it was it got to be really regional. Like Southern niggas were in their feelings. Yes. They were absolutely in their feelings. And I felt for them because like, like I said, I was there. I was with them. I remember 400 degrees. It was a moment. I remember back that ass up. But would I want to listen to back that ass up or still Drake? I'm going to go with still Drake. I'm sorry. If we're in a club or if I want somebody to, you know, shake their ass, then maybe I'll listen to back that ass up. But on the whole, it's just not the same record. A lot of those records just aren't the same record to everybody. They're something to a group of people, and that's okay. And, you know, I saw a couple of the homies that were from New York catch a feel, you know, because people wasn't feeling maybe a Fat Joe record or, you know, whatever, because that was a vibe to New Yorkers. If you were in New York in the early 2000s and Lean Back came on, that was a whole moment. You know what I'm saying? If you were there and uh, conceded or, you know, 50 Cent, uh, you know, one of his records or Magic Stick or any of those records came on, Candy Shop, it was a moment. But Candy Shop broke through the pop radio. Like, what Storage did was just, it was different. See, people were also questioning Scott Storage because Manny was playing things that he produced by himself. And Scott Storage were playing things that... At least on paper, he at best co-produced or maybe played on. We don't have to go into it real deep because we all know. This is a iStandard affiliated podcast. So we are most definitely going to go into that. Okay. I mean, because you sighed like you didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like you didn't want to ruffle no feathers. I've been hearing. No, no, I don't give a fuck about feathers. Um, I've been hearing. The, um, I heard that chatter. I've been, I've been, I've been watching and reading and listening and just, you know, understanding the concerns of regular people, right? Um, civilians as well. And some ARs. Right. Well, I'm not even gonna get to them because they're, they're. I'm gonna separate the civilians from the music people because it's two different conversations. Because the music people know better. Um, the civilians don't, or the music people should know better. And this is how you get to realize, this is how you get to realize who's who and what's what, right? First of all, none of these people are in any of these sessions when Scott Scores did anything, right? So they have zero clue what's going on. Also, we've already watched battles where people play the same record. We've literally watched a battle where (laughs) the two separate uh, uh, battles played the same record. So if it was okay for them, you know, why are we calling Wait, in the same battle? No, in two different battles. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Right. Timberland played a record and then Boyd wanted to play the same record. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that the fact that Manny was cash money, he was cash money as far as the sound, is admirable, right? It's mm-hmm. dope. But we're not taking away from Quincy Jones because he didn't touch every pad. We're not taking away from Dr. Dre because he doesn't, you know, he didn't play the keys or he might not have played the drums at all. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, hip hop and production is not about making a beat by yourself. Okay. And half of the people who are speaking on it know that. But because they were in their feelings, they decided to bring up all these side arguments. Mm. Right. There was no win. Like, and it's okay. It's okay. We can still love Manny Fresh and he have taken an L. 
Like, literally. I love Manny Fresh just as much as I always have. I love all his music. I'm going to bump all his songs when appropriate with, at the cookouts and all that stuff. I'm going to enjoy it. But it's a L. It's okay. And that's the thing. Like, these things are getting to the point where people are picking sides. They're getting in their feelings about where they're from or who their favorite is or, you know, who their cousin is, who's black, who's white, who's this, that, and the third. I saw racial stuff being thrown around. Oh, well, he's a white boy. I saw Charlie Puth. <laughs> Charlie Puth, the rich guy from New Jersey. God bless you for saying his name right, because I never do. Say something about the culture. He spoke about Scott Storch not being the culture. I'm sorry, Charlie Puth. What? <laughs> now, mind you, we're talking about original member of the Roots. But we're talking about Charlie Puth, who, like, that, that part too. Black people ain't seen since he was on a song with, with, um, with Khalifa. Has he ever done anything else? Does he have unless, anything else? No, he has songs. If Unless you have kids and you're forced to listen to the pop station when they're in the car, you don't hear that guy. Hmm. You ain't heard him since See You Again. It is okay for Manny Fresh. And, and here's what a lot of people have been saying the next day. We sobered up. And the opinion changed to that wasn't the battle that should have happened. Right? That I agree with. I would yeah. not have put Manny Fresh up against Scott Storch. At all. That, that wasn't fair to Manny. Um, they have different sounds. Scott Storch has a different level of range. And we knew that Southern niggas was going to get buttered. And it's okay. I, I appreciate riding for your homie. But on some music, like I said, the fans, y'all have a field day. The fans could feel however they want. They can go crazy. But I'm side-eyeing these industry people acting like fans. Yeah. All, everybody's taking notes. We are, your, we man are Ebro, your man Ebro jumped on Twitter really loud and said, why didn't Manny Fresh play? What happened to that boy? And everybody was like, why would he have played that? He didn't produce it. <laughs> and there was a thing where people thought that because Birdman was on a song with the clips that Manny Fresh had produced it, the Neptunes produced that record. Come on, Ebro. You're supposed to know the culture. I could see how maybe it might have sounded like, because if you remember, that was when I always felt like the Clips first album was the first time that we heard new uh, Neptunes beats. I felt like Neptunes had been recycling old beats from the time they came out with Nori. And it wasn't until they dropped the first project on Star Trek that they went to whole new beats. And that's when their stuff started not being so immediately identifiable. You know what I mean? Like the early, early Neptune beats, you knew it was them. Yes. No, I know exactly what you meant. Um, that one was distinctive. And it did usher in a new wave, like the stuff that they did with what was it? Uh, Clones. Clones was the the one where they had the um, the Buster Rhymes record, uh, mm -hmm. Ass on Fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was like a that was a we, we're not using that same keyboard vibe. That <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that whole project was was kind of on a different wave. I think that and their first nerd project was kind of our introduction to that next level of clips. Yep. Of, so uh, the South is going to get the battle that they wanted. Maybe. 
I still don't know if this is the lineup that we need, but they're doing T Pain versus Lil John on Saturday. It's not. T Pain's gonna get trashed. Shout out to don't get me wrong. Like I said, once again, you you should have put Little John with Scott Storch. Like they have people. Okay, I know I know we think Little John belongs to us, but Little John jumped ship a long time ago. Right. Start making those big pop records, those massive. Little John is one of the. They they named a, a festival after him, after him, Lovers and Friends. But Little John was one of the pioneers of, of crossover, you know, from the Southern sound into uh, Spanish sounds and, you know, him and Pitbull, Kulo and all that stuff. Like, man, Brazilian stuff, pop records. He's pretty much done it all. Even my favorite Christmas song, Little John's got a song with the Kool-Aid man. Huh? Yeah. What song? It's called All I Really Want, Really Want for Christmas. And it's featuring the Kool-Aid Man. You know, really? yeah. Hmm. I wrote an article about it. I'll share it with you. You know, there's only one Christmas song that matters in my life. <laughs> What's that? You know what it is. It's okay. what you gonna get that girl for Christmas it's, it's, it's by the, the 69 song. boys. Well, actually, it's Y'all in the know. I think my that day was county, my day county doesn't come out often, but when it comes out, it comes out so strong. So that's, strong. A, that's a Christmas record. That is a classic Christmas record. It is. It is. Um, so there's another thing that's happening with these battles, which is that those of you who really, really know are in the comments, or not in the comments, but in whole side conversations like our Slack group, talking about the fact that people are playing things that they didn't necessarily produce. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we talking about co-producers. Are we going to talk about ghost producers? Hmm. I'm just saying, and it, you know, shout out to my, my boy Funny Julius, because Funny Julius was was uh you know he's a music fan, he's music adjacent, you know he he's a part of the, the hip hop culture in New York and uh, you know around the world, and he was really like when Ebro tweeted that whole thing about Manny Fresh producing uh, what happened to that boy, he was like, listen, I'm confused, and I'm trying to help him, you know, and then we started having the ghost producer, co-producer conversation and it just went off the rails mm. so i said a couple things got some likes but you know we had an honest conversation in the slack group with someone close to the situation of one of the commissioners and you know i'm not knocking how the records are made especially because when both of those gentlemen made their hits the fee that they charged was enough to make sure that anybody who was a part of that record got paid probably five times what producers are getting paid now. Right. So, you know, if if you signed the NDA or, you know, you, you, uh, you got paid to ghost produce a record, more power to you. A lot of those people are allowed now to say, hey, I produced that. You know, Needles is allowed to say, hey, that Cassidy record, I produced that. Swiss Which beats. one? Hotel? Uh, no. The uh, the hit with um, uh, Hustling. I'm a hustler. Oh. Yeah. You know, and, and it's okay because Swizz helped Needle's career. Right. He legit gave him credits, gave him opportunity. So I'm not knocking the process. I understand the process. I respect the process. It's when 
a lot of these cats up here stunting and then they're not keeping that same energy. Mm. Um, so I'm looking still at Swiss's uh, IG and they're finally going, you know, a little bit out of the name that we're used to. I see uh, tonight, actually. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tedder. Uh, Ryan Tedder and Benny Blanco. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hey, man. They, you know, they, they, they're they going for that crossover audience. They, they're trying to get that that pop audience. Um, Benny Blanco's, you know, both of those guys are, are nuts. So, you know, we'll see what kind of people tune in. Um, I, I bet Southern Twitter won't be tuned in. We'll, there's no back that ass ups getting played tonight. So, um, well, I don't see it on Ryan Tedder. Oh, wait, we have to quantify for those people who don't know Ryan Tedder from One Republic. Maybe that'll make it a little bit easier for y'all to, for y'all to know who we're talking about. And Benny Blanco, give them something that Benny Blanco wrote that they might know. Uh, Eastside is his last record he did with Khalid. Um, he's got a plethora of hits. I ain't even gonna lie. Let me pull up my handy dandy friend and title. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, this is a pop battle. And um, it's going to be dope. In the meantime, shout out to Title for once again coming through with another versus playlist. And they got a whole section now. They they literally have an entire section um, of versus playlists. So, you know, people getting the education. Good. Um, and I did want to shout out Title as well because they're really the only people documenting this shit, I think, in a, in a tangible way. So what Title's been doing is every time one of these battles is over, they will upload a full playlist of what each producer has played. And I think because and I think it's in the playlist in order too, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, they got the complete order of the rounds and how it was played. And I was going to say it's wild because you see the connection that Elliot and the people at Title had directly to the culture versus the rest of these people, um, the DSPs, who don't really have those representatives who speak for the music in general. And, I mean, they have guys and people, you know, but Elliot is, like, a part of the culture. So, Well, no, I think that what it is is that the other DSPs have people who are part of the culture. I would say everybody except for maybe SoundCloud. The difference is the level of authority that these people have, have been given at these respective DSPs. Elliot is an executive at Title. Like he's not sure. just, you know what I'm saying? He's he's like a high like he's head of editorial content at Title. So if he thinks something is a good idea, he doesn't have to run it by nobody. Yeah. But I mean that that also says a lot about Title for allowing somebody that freedom. I I'm not going to let the other DSPs off the hook for not having that person on standby who could just make a call on the, in the hip hop department. When something pops up, it should be one phone call. Hey, we should do this. And they get the go button. I'm going to give title the credit for being, um, they're, they're being forward. They're just, they're, they're ready. They've been on a pulse. Other people had a chance. Um, didn't Spotify try to do something? Spotify did um, D nicest playlist that first weekend that he went, you know, when he had the hundred thousand people locked mm -hmm. in or whatever. Yeah, they, they uploaded they, his they playlist the next day. Else. Huh? 
saw Carl, I think I saw Carl say they were going to do something else, and then they were supposed to be doing one of the battles. They were supposed to be doing one of the battles. You just reminded me of that. Yeah. Or I don't know if maybe it just if maybe Carl uh, was just sharing that the battle was happening. And I assumed that he was doing so in an official capacity. He might have just been sharing because, you know, he's also of the culture and a fan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm one of those odd people who has still been just streaming my fucking music and who has officially just kind of cl- checked out of all this cool shit you cool kids are doing on uh, the lives and the Instawebs. Yeah, so. You know, um, we got Benny, Senorita, Sean Mendez, Camilo Cabello, uh, Eastside with uh, Kyle and Halsey, um, Graduation with Juice World, uh, Selah with Kanye, Love Yourself, Justin Bieber, uh, Numb, Tory Lanez, Brianna Cash, uh, Through Your Phone, Cardi B, Diamonds, Rihanna, uh, Lil Dicky, Freaky Friday, Marine Five, Maroon 5, and Kendrick Lamar, Don't Wanna Know. Halsey Nightmare, Kitsy Ghost, Reborn. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's he's uh he's in there like swimwear. So, um, so let's see let's see what that battle does numbers wise. That's gonna be interesting to see. Um, like I'm with it, you know. Um, but let's just see if the usual audience shows up, you know. Like hopefully, hopefully it does, or hopefully we get a new audience. All right. So, you know who else is winning this week on IG Live? It's your boy, Tory Lanez. Mm. Apparently. Now, if you guys, you know, if you're still trying to find the content that connects to you in this ocean of content that we now have available on the Instawebs instantly, um, (laughs) Billboard has a continuously updating list of like things that are happening online because you know you'll remember last week john john legend and um chris martin had partnered with the world health organization and um another organization i forget the name of the other organization to start doing these stay at home or together at home concerts right so they started doing those then Yahoo partnered with Verizon to start a series. Uh, then a bunch of people have just done them on their own. Erica Badu just did it on her own. Uh, Trisha Yearwood and um, what is her husband's name? Garth Brooks. They went on Facebook and apparently had the highest number of people on a Facebook Live. So we've just been kind of doing them. Then uh, iHeartRadio did... Instead of doing the iHeartRadio Awards last weekend, they did an iHeartRadio Living Room Concert for America. I think the name is corny as fuck. But they did that, and they got Elton John to host. And they got um, all five of the guys from NSYNC, not NSYNC, from Backstreet Boys to come on and perform. Mariah was there. Alicia Keys was there. A couple different people. Uh, So a bunch of people have just been doing stuff. And... One of those people is Tory Lanez, who's been hosting Quarantine Radio, in which he jumps on live and he just gets his famous friends to jump on with him. DMX has been on there. Uh, He and Drake broke the record for the most people on an Instagram live on Tuesday. I think he hit 300,000. 
Nice. And then from the comment section of Tory Lanez's live has popped up the rumor that Chris Brown wants to date Doja Cat because Chris Brown went on there <laughs> and asked where Doja Cat was at. Um, yeah, so shouts to Tory Lanez. At the bottom of our list of people winning this internet right now is, sorry, but NPR, because it took NPR two weeks to finally do what they should have been the first to do, which is Tiny Desk at Home concerts. Y'all wow. started this. Y'all started this. Tiny personal desk. <laughs> well, now they're doing Tiny Desk at Home. And the only reason why I'll give them a D instead of an F is because their third person on is... Um, is uh, Michael McDonald. So what are we giving uh, Fader Fort for Fader Fort at home? Being that I didn't know it happened, <laughs> we gonna give him an E for effort? There you go. I also found- I have a, heard nothing about it. No, um, I just happened to see it while I was watching my, while I was watching Twitter in the way nobody else in the world watches Twitter but me, which is scrolling and in real time, so. Oh, now yeah. I see the ad. Like, it was an article on Adweek. It was an article on Fader. It was an article on Rolling Stone. Huh. I'm mad on the internet. When you look up Fader for it, it says permanently closed. Permanently closed? On the location at 1101 East 5th Street in Austin. It says permanently closed on, on, uh, on Google. Okay. So, who entered that? Because... The location's not always the same. No, they've done it at the same spot in Austin every year. No, they moved it. It used to be, it was on the other side of the train tracks by the place where they had them big-ass turkey legs. Mm -hmm. And the last two years, they moved it to a location that's further down. It's like it was connected to a theater, I want to say, this year. Because I had to go, well, last year, I had to go in and get a wristband, and then it was outside of that. So yeah, yeah, it, it's on the same side of town. Um, okay. that's the place where it could fit, but um, they slid it slightly. So I don't know why anybody gave it a physical location. It's a pop up event. <laughs> so yeah, so they were online for nine hours on Monday. Uh, Haley Williams was online, and huh? she, Haley Williams from Paramore was online. Okay. And, uh, she shared that apparently uh, Little Uzi asked her to do some music and she told him, no, she does not want to be that famous. I hate when non-hip-hop people say shit like that. Well, she said that her her uh, stepbrother is absolutely ape shit over Uzi and that level of fandom is not her thing. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I'm looking, so I'm looking on their website and I still don't know who the fuck was there. Who was there? Who performed? I saw somebody on their front step playing a guitar. That's all I remember. It was on from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Kudos to them because they didn't do it on like any social media platform. They did it on their own site. Maybe that's why they lost. I don't know. Oh, there's a list. Guap Dad was there giving fans a cooking demo. Oh, nice. As Gordon Scamsey. Mm -hmm. 
I need the video. My dad. I need the video. Yeah, no, this was um a great idea, poorly executed. Again, y'all, we're gonna be in the house for a minute. I knew last week, I said last week, we're gonna be in the house in a minute. Y'all don't have to do everything right now. Save your shots. You could have Fader Fort could have been online for seven hours on Sunday. What the fuck are we doing? We can't go to church, even if we wanted to go to church. Um, if you watch church online, you know it's you know it's whatever, two hours. Or an hour if you're Catholic, 45 minutes really, since they don't have to wait for all of us to walk up to the front and get our, our communion, 30. Um, but like, there was no reason to do this on a Tuesday from 10 in the morning, 7 p.m. without any kind of an announcement. They announced it on, they announced it on, oh shit, no, they announced it. Hold on. They announced it last Thursday. And then they did it on Tuesday. Oh, did they? See, I didn't see it until like right before it happened. I didn't know it happened until you until you told me. They should have bought ads on Instagram. They should. You know what? Now we're seeing that a bunch of people just really don't have amazing digital camp digital strategy. They've just been getting really lucky. Yeah, you know. I mean, how do you hype beast an event where everybody? Is gonna check out what you're wearing and how much you paid for your ugly ass sneakers from home. So that's kind of what Fader Ford is. But no, I think Fader Ford is beyond that. It's really the like I got it and everybody else didn't is also part of it. Yes, that too. But it, you know, it's a it's a clout fest either way. It's I got in, you didn't. I got a wristband. They even put a wristband on the promo. Which was really sad because that means you know that your event is a hype beast event. So you put the wristband. Maybe, maybe it was South by Southwest nostalgia. You know when we go to South by, we just keep racking up wristbands and we never take them off. Yeah, but no wristband is more coveted or more despised than the the Fader Fort wristband. I mean, it was a good try. You know, I I got it, Digital Fort. You know, wristband. It was wristband. not a good try. No, okay. Don't lie. It was not a good try. It was a good idea. You're right. Shout it was a good idea. At Fader for always providing me with a wristband. I'll see you next year. Hopefully. All right. Um. So you guys are not going to the movies anytime soon. Um. Because I just want y'all to know that once they reopen things, like they're not reopening things the way that they used the things used to be. Things ain't going back to that. It ain't going to be no 100 people sitting outside in a line for iPhones, for Star Wars movies, for none of that. Um, but what some of the movies have done is that they have moved their releases to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Trolls is coming out. with. We saw Disney move up the, re- the digital release of, um, uh, oh my God, Frozen 2. They did that as soon as as soon as school got canceled. Disney was like, "Yo, your daughter's at home, my nigga. We got you. Here you go. Hit it with that Elsa and Anna right quick on Disney Plus. You're fine." Um, they're doing the same thing with Onward, right? Onward is coming to Onward Disney Plus. Probably coming out tonight. Yeah, they they pushed that up. That was in theaters really briefly. 
And um, yeah, can't watch it. So I saw interestingly that um, Issa Rae had this new romantic comedy coming out with her, and I'm not going to look up this man's name again because we looked it up yesterday and I couldn't come out. Come out. He's an Indian American artist. I mean, um, actor. And we've seen him in things. I think he was in that Silicon Valley shirt show on HBO. He was. His name is Kamal something. Kamali. Kamal. See, now I'm going to have to look it up just because I hate when people do. There we go. Kamal Nanjiani. Yeah. He's not Indian. He's Pakistani. I am a whole, like, urban radio (laughs) cliche right now. My bad. Pakistani people used to be Indian. A very long time ago, though. Yeah. So, it's still wrong. They ever really stopped being Indian, though? Listen, if somebody called me Jamaican, I'd be kind of mad. Well, it's like being from Northern Ireland or uh, South Korea. Are you still Korean? It's like being from Queens and being from Brooklyn, though. It is. That part's true. The mistakes you just don't make. So, my bad. I don't want all, all my Pakistani homies, all my Indian homies, y'all. I'm sorry. We got you. But uh, yeah, they had a movie called Lovebirds that was supposed to come out in theaters. It's now coming out on Netflix uh, tonight, I guess, at midnight or at 3 a.m. East Coast, midnight Pacific. I be forgetting that Netflix releases shit on LA time. Mm-hmm. And I'll be real excited at 12, at 11.55 that I'm about to watch some shit that's really not going to be on for another three hours. And then I'll be mad because I'm not staying up. Anyway, um, so there's a few different movies that are doing that. You said something was going straight to, um, what was it, to Prime? Yeah, they had a um, a couple movies going straight to Amazon Prime. Um I'm not sure what it was, but it featured um, an actress that I could recall. Uh, when you opened your fire stick, it was kind of one of the first things I saw. Hmm. Um, it's funny because now these days you just you Google movie and COVID nineteen, and it gives you lists. Really? <laughs> yeah, I need somebody to break me off with their Apple Plus um, password right quick. Hold on. Hold the phone. Amazon's Alexa voice assistant can now help you diagnose COVID-19. It can't. It can just tell you what the symptoms are, y'all. Please don't let your grandma be out here believing these people. Why did The Verge make that the headline? Because uh, clearly it can't. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, look, Amazon's got got a documentary about your team. Oh, no, it's not a new documentary. Never mind. Yeah, it's about the year we suck. So I watched it. I didn't. <laughs> I'm trying to see what they have on here. So, like, what the new movies are. And I just haven't gotten to that part of Prime TV on the internet yet. So I'm going to give up that search so that we can keep the show going. By the way, you guys, we would love for you to be a sponsor and for you to advertise with our program here. This is our 13th episode. We've been doing this for a full three months now. Mm-hmm. And unlike a lot of your favorites, we still here. Just quote here. the great Negro poet, uh, Bobby, I forget his actual name. We still in this bitch. 
Bobby Ray or Bobby B.O.B. As in Bobby Bob? Ray something. Again, Bobby thanks Ray. for not looking up. Anyway, y'all know who I'm talking about. All right. So <laughs> um, there's also a new documentary coming out on Netflix called The Originals. Or L.A. Originals. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I have not. I'm excited about it. Uh, Mr. Cartoon and Estevan Oriol are behind it. Mr. Cartoon is a renowned LA, um, a renowned LA tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. Estevan Oriol is a renowned uh, photographer. And this is just a deep dive into their actual careers. And I think it's really dope because I'm always saying that I'm tired of watching the same hip hop stories. And I'm always very fascinated about an L.A. story that isn't the traditional L.A. rap story that we know and a Chicano story that isn't a Chicano story about gangs. Right. Now, Mr. Cartoon's brand, man, he's like, he's one of the, the first tattoo artists I saw crossover into, you know, merchandise um, and get that, like, crossover thing. Nowadays... You know, everybody's doing collabs and all that kind of stuff, but he was definitely one of the first people I saw doing that. Um, so, of course, because of who they're connected to, there's going to be a shit ton of guest appearances in this documentary. The trailer alone has Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and George Lopez in it. And um, in the documentary are Cypress Hill, who um, they both work with extensively. Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Blink-182, Wilmer Valderrama, Danny Trejo, who I don't think people give him enough props because of all the th- for all the things that he's done beyond his acting career. Um, yeah. He's got an ill taco shop. Mm-hmm. I drove past, I walked past it, walked past it when I was in LA last time, last year. This time last year, actually. All right, albums came out last week, even though it feels like it was 600,000 years ago. Party Next Door was uh, the first, I think, that I listened to last Friday. Finally heard a whole Party Next Door album, and I was like, wow, this is a whole different Party Next Door than I've ever heard. What Party Next Door was that? The one that sounded like Black. There you go. Or the (laughs) one that Black sounds like, I guess, is the right way to say it. Because now, he's definitely been around longer. We're talking about six like, right? We're talking about black with the six for a B, yes. Got you. All right. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I said his name with such confidence one time. I said six like, and one of these cool uh, new Atlanta kids corrected me with the quickness. And I felt like the biggest dummy because I had been saying six like on my podcast for like a week and a half. Mm. Yeah, because this was... So before, I don't know if you remember when he dropped his debut album, he put, he posted this whole long note about how he had been signed to a label that wouldn't let him release his music and this, that, and the third, he had this whole journey. So he used to be part of the same underground Atlanta movement that gave us Rory and um, J.I.D. and Earth Gang and Miriam Mariba, a um, bunch of other, uh, what's some two nine, all those kids all used to do music together and be around each other. And so black would be featured on all kinds of people's songs or would drop one off and put them on SoundCloud and they'd be up for a week and then they'd be gone. Um, and I thought his name was six life, but anyway, 
I'm used to Party Next Door on records where he sounds very West Indian and has a different timbre to his voice. But I enjoyed Party Mobile. It wasn't um, it wasn't a Party Mobile. I'll tell you that. Like, <laughs> you tell me Party Mobile. I want to turn up. Yeah, you kind of thought the whole West Indian thing would play in that, huh? No, I don't think I was expecting that. I got it. I mean, I got it on Loyal, which I enjoy very much. It's my little bop. And then they gave me a Loyal remix with uh, with Bad Bunny, who I love. So, you know, I got it there, but I just didn't expect it to be all ballads. Right. Mostly all ballads. My ears definitely perked up at the end of that joint, though. He has a song called Savage Anthem and Jesus. Christ. I heard it was savage. It's pretty savage. I'm going to let you talk about the credits while I look for these lyrics. because <laughs> I feel like these lyrics, I just need y'all to hear these damn well, lyrics. First off, I want to shout out 40. Um, shout out Alex Tumay. Shout out Chris Athens because the engineers don't get enough love. Um, Cardiac and Murder Beats did a bunch of joints on here. That's one, two, three, four, three together. They did three together, and then Cardi's got one with um, Business Boy, who also did another joint on here. Um, we got OG Parker in the mix, B Butch and Oz, Alex Lustig. Um, the homie Hoskins, but really, you know, I'm proud of my boy Cardi, who's my boy. Um, getting all this work in, man. I stand an alumni, man. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Side note: Did you know that fucking Takashi Six Nine got let go today? No, but I guess we had all braced ourselves for that happening. Well, it is official. Uh, yeah, it officially happened around four o'clock today, 4 p.m. today. Um, Judge Engelmeyer's order on Takashi 69 has just come out. You uh, they asked that it be delayed. It says uh, he's going to serve the first four months of supervised release on home incarceration to be enforced by GPS monitoring, not to be docked until docketed until 4 p.m. So it was official as of 4 p.m. today, right? Yeah, anyway. I guess, well, for those of you who don't know, it's because there is there are cases of COVID-19 at Rikers Island, which is where he's being held. And, you know, there's a bunch of states, like I think the state of Georgia has about 200 people that they're considering releasing or people who are going to be up for release within the next 180 days anyway. And so they're just letting those people go home. But I just think it's really funny that after all of this, that this is how this Takashi thing ended. Yep, it is. And um, I'm just waiting to see who is going to be the first nigga to lose their hood pass for jumping on something with him. Because it's going to happen. Oh, no, he's going pop after this. He is going pop. He's not over here with us no more. He about to tap into all of his all of his Latinidad and go holler at his his compas. They don't want him. Some of them don't know him. They don't want him. 
Some of them only know him from, you know, that one verse on Taki Taki, so they might be okay. All right, so here you go, y'all. The classic Negro poem that is Savage Anthem by Party Next Door. I even won't give y'all the whole thing. I'm just going to give y'all the the first four, the first two lines of verse one. Don't wait on my reply to your text. Don't wait on my nut from your sex. Classic. Yes. The hook is don't hold your breath. Don't wait on my love. That is the hook. Verse two starts with I put the dirt into dirt bag. And verse three starts with wash my dick before I get home. Oh man. That's good. So yeah. That's what y'all got. Um, who else dropped this week? Uh I listened to Jesse Reyes' album and I really enjoyed that. It was a very solid, very balanced project. Very solid, very balanced. Um, She had all different types of waves, and every last one of them worked. It came in with high energy, anger, just um, the production is is all over the place in a good way. Um, It's funny because the cohesiveness is hurt. Um, the and, and it works. It's it's a very dope listen. Um, it's got highs. It's got a good Eminem uh, verse as well. So you know, I'll take it. <laughs> a good Eminem verse. Um, I enjoyed the song. She had, she had a song on there called "Dope," which you described perfectly because you said it sounded like a whole bunch of things that shouldn't have worked together, but it but they absolutely do. Yes. Dope is like a. It's like an Afrobeat, reggae tone, R&B pop joint. That yep, works. Exactly. And like you said, the cohesiveness is her because it works because that's who the fuck she is. It's right. not somebody who was trying to catch a vibe. Like we've already talked about the fact she's from Toronto too, right? She is. So we've already talked about the fact that Toronto culture in and of itself is very much centered in Latin American culture and you know a lot of people kind of get that into their just their day-to-day experience so it's like very, yes completely mixed it's a very dope listen y'all um Jeezy dropped the project this week too or last week it was an EP it's a seven track EP produced by um by Shadi Red it says seven track. I really, I'm going to tell y'all, it could have been two. Just keep going in the rest of the shit that's on there. It definitely could have been a pack, like a real quick drop. It's called 2020 Pyrex Vision, which is the other thing. Like, I really feel like at this point, Jeezy should no longer be rapping about cooking the Coke. I think you're well past that. I think you should be the man who's cleaned up your money and has a legitimate front and cusses your young boy out when he shows up embarrassing you on the corporate side of your life where people don't know that that, that this is what you do. Like, you should be Ghost or Stringer Bell. You're not cooking crack anymore. No, he's not. His girlfriend's on the reel. He's definitely not cooking crack. <laughs> That's why he dropped this. He needed street crack. They about to break up, but Soon as quarantine over, they about to break up. Watch. I was about That's to say, you know, he he's got to continue to be the guy that she likes. You know, she wanted that street dude. So 
She did not want that street dude. She didn't meet that street dude. Jeezy was far from that street dude when she met him. Where gotta be you, alright, <laughs> um, Who else? It was somebody else. Um, who was it? Alchemist and... In... Who? Yes, Alchemist and Conway. Yes, Alchemist and Conway got a new project out together, you guys. Should go listen to it. Do oh. better than we did. Um, it's all Conway rapping. There's two features on the whole thing. It's called Lulu. Uh, there's two features on the whole thing, and those two features are Cormega and Schoolboy Q. Like that should tell you everything you need to know about this project. Thanks. This is who you went and got? Cormega and Schoolboy Q. Nobody else. Genius. Beautiful. I like it. Um why you know, the there's cream? a bunch of there's a huh? Why is the ice cream machine outside of my house right now? Why is the ice cream man really thinking that anybody's going outside to get his COVID ice cream? Nobody wants your Corona ice cream, bro. He was outside my house last week. You know they Africans. Is they that who they are? Because I mean, we in the hood, so I don't know who they are. They are, they, you know, the the spot is right up here on that little corner by the quick. That's trip. right. It is. Was that for us or was that for your house? Because we didn't hear you. That was for the house. Oh, okay. Because you know that you no know, ice cream does. Right. Like, no, y'all not getting none of that at all. Um, okay, so there was a bunch of music that came out, like just, you know, like individual songs that drop. Um, I don't think all of them are worth talking about for real for real. I definitely wanna um we're we're still intrigued by the fact that Lupe Fiasco is doing something. He's been just dropping songs on 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 Instagram TV, on IGTV, mm-hmm. whole songs, not videos, not animated visuals, even just a cover of something called Tokyo Freeze, and it has a March 29th date on it. So I don't know what that means because. Does that mean it's April 2nd and there's a whole Lupe Fiasco album out that we didn't know anything about and it's only on IGTV? Is that what it means? I hope not. Huh. I feel like Lupe would, though. And I feel like Lupe fans would be okay with it. He definitely would. I mean, yeah, Lupe would completely do that. And apparently his his fans, I read some of the comments, his fans really enjoy his spoken word over Robert Glassberg. Is that what it is? At least the one I saw. Okay, so he's dropping a Tokyo Freeze. He did it on the 19th, the 20th, the 22nd, and the 29th. That's four songs. Don't know if they're part of something bigger, but they are on his IG. Enjoy. Everybody's doing stuff on IG, huh? Just even, even in the feed. Y'all make y'all make Mark Zuckerberg's life so easy, says I, the uh, the councilwoman of a corner of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> y'all wouldn't know because y'all not friends. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but my friends know I hold court on Facebook. All right, I I gather people. I have celebrity friends on Facebook. You know, I have a nice group of like black writers on Facebook and we kiki and turn our pinkies up at y'all. Um, who else? Future dropped something that I haven't heard anything about because 
Did you, I know we heard the song, but like, did you hear about it anywhere before you heard it? Not at all. So, um, like hours, like hours before it happened. Like literally, like it, it showed up on Genius when we were going through like potential things that were coming out. So we didn't know if it was an album and then it was a trailer and then there was a song and it all happened within three hours of midnight. So you think maybe we're going to get an album tonight? Uh don't know. I, I, you know, I gotta look and see where Genius moved because Genius had it as an album coming out last week. So I, I would have to see if they rectified that, if they moved it or whatever. Because you know, a lot of times they're wrong, but sometimes they're not. Yeah, a lot of times they're wrong, but sometimes they're not. The other thing that stood out for me was Nav dropped the record with Gunna and Travis Scott, and Nav sounds like he's from Atlanta, and that really annoyed me because I feel like Nav was somebody who had a very distinct sound. Mm-hmm. And then now you're just like sounding like everybody else. You know, has a very distinct sound. Who's that? Casanova. Yes, and I enjoy it. He dropped a new video uh, called "In My Hood," and surprise, it's him and his homies standing in the hood. Yeah, they will shoot you. Very Brooklyn, and so- I believe it. The captain of says some shit. I believe it. Like I'm like, no, no cap. Like that's that's really your life. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Really, your actual life. I was glad to see that Asher Roth was back. Although I had some inappropriate jokes about that shit, but Asher Roth is back, you guys. Some of y'all don't even know that he was ever here. I was gonna say, do you guys even remember Asher Roth? Um, These kids don't remember Asher Roth. Asher Roth was like on the second freshman cover. Yeah, it was at two thousand nine. Eight? Man. Oh my god. Was he on the one Joel Ortiz was on? All I know is Chester French still existed. Oof. Chester French. Mm. Lord. Okay, wait, I think I found it. Did I find it? Asher Roth was in the same freshman class as Kid Cudi, Wale, B.O.B., Charles Hamilton, and Corey Guns. That was an interesting one. Yeah. Because all the people we thought were not going to make it off that list made it Wiz Khalifa was on that one? Hold on, I'm about to see. Because my internet does this weird thing when I try to click on things. That was interesting. So Joel Ortiz was on the one with Ply, Saigon, Young Troll, Papoose, and Lupe. And Boosie and Crooked Eye. That was 2007. Asher Roth was on the 2009 freshman cover. It was Kid Cudi, Wale, B.O.B., Charles Hamilton, Asher Roth, Corey Guns, Blue, Mickey Fax, Ace Hood, and Currency. Damn. That used to that list. And I got homies on that list. That list turned out to be the most disappointing. Man. I, I feel like we had really high hopes for everybody on here. Except yeah. for Blue. Blue? Yeah. Blue was my guy. I was a big fan. Oh, I don't remember who that is. He's from LA. You know why? Because there's been so many people who stole his name over the years afterwards. Blue had a really big buzz at that point. Um, I don't know what happened. I have no idea. He he was fired. His um, I believe his Twitter and his Instagram her favorite color or something like that. Hmm. Well, out of all of the somebody ranked the like the 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 10 freshman covers in 2017 when they hit number 10 somebody ranked them and that one that uh 
that Asher Roth was on, they ranked at number six. Number one to them was the one with, oh, I can't say I disagree, Kendrick, Meek Mill, YG, Mac Miller, Crit, Saha, Lil Twist, Yellow Wolf, Fred the Godson, Lil B, and Diggy Simmons. Wow. <laughs> 2011 yeah. was wild, yo. Fred the Godson was a double XL freshman. Yeah. yeah. That spoke to how much power it's, you could still have being in New York. I mean, or where was Fresh, Where was Fred the Godson's career at in 2011? It was in a pretty good place, actually. Yeah, so it wasn't just the power of being in New York. I think it was, I think he was, because everybody <laughs> else on there. <laughs> I mean, I, I just happened to be in New York at the time a lot. I don't really recall any records he had that really broke out of New York. And I don't really recall anything he had on the internet that was really bubbling. Um, Fred could could really spit. Um, but I just feel like, you know, they picked New York artists because Double XL's in New York. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So those were the singles that kind of stood out for me. Um, K-Camp dropped another single, but it wasn't anything that I wanted to hear from K-Camp. I just want K-Camp to keep giving us bops. Like, there's a whole entire fucking lane. Drake just went and copied what you did. You made Lottery. Lottery became a TikTok smash single. And then other people got hits off of TikTok. And now Drake literally went and made a song for one of these TikTok dancers. It's called Something Slide, and it's not anything that interests me. And he's off of that London wave, though, at least. So well, let's celebrate that. Do you know that people are going live on TikTok? <sighs> I'm tired of the internet, you guys. I'm about to go watch ATL and Players Club. Like, I'm just going to continue acting like it's 1998. Stripper business started back in Africa. Yo. Oh. Uh, <laughs> What is his name? BJ the Chicago Kid has a, a mixtape that starts with that skit. And the song is called Bam. It's, I guess, Badass Motherfucker or Badass Motherfucker with him and Freddie Gibbs. It's one of my favorite songs ever, but mostly for that part. Um, Bieber's dropping a new project or dropped the new project today called yeah. Couple Goals. Now, is this actually new? Because he's been like dropping packs with like old music. It's been weird. Somebody did say that. Was it you that said that? Darren said it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't see it. Let's see. Get out. What you guys doing tonight? Because tonight. What else is coming out tonight? Um, let's see. It's gonna be a. It wasn't a lot. It's it's kind of a a light night tonight. Um, we will be doing the credit check and hopefully some. Reviews as well on the chopping block. And it's a good time for Ty to tell him what those things are. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got. Oh, you mean the chopping block in the right? Hey guys, this show is called the Chopping Block. By the way, in case you didn't know, and you've been listening to us run our mouths for an hour, you have no clue who we are. We don't know how you got here, but we're grateful. Anyway, the Chopping Block podcast is the audio iteration of. The two most popular segments on iStandardProducers.com, which is The Chopping Block, our track-by-track review of new released projects, and the uh, credit check. Credit check is the most comprehensive 
list of album credits you will find on the internet because not only will we tell you who produced it, but we will tell you who played the three strummings of guitar that you heard on track three, 10 minutes in or whatever. Um, as detailed, you will not find more detailed album credits anywhere else on these here internets. And by the way, my name is Ty St. Boogie. I am one host of uh, this year podcast that you've been listening to for an hour. And I am Scissor215, also checking in the other host of this podcast. So Audio Push is dropping a new project tomorrow. He is. I'm excited. Well, they are. That wasn't on the list when we looked at it yesterday, so that's kind of dope. What also, so before we get there, you mentioned Couple Goals, but Young Chop dropped an album apparently today. Hmm. And anybody who knows, Young Chop has been absolutely wilding lately, um, cursing everybody out, just going off on everything. I thought like it was a, it got hacked, but you can't get hacked on every social network, no man. At the so, same time, unless somebody stole your phone. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe he's got the other coronavirus, you know, COVID-20. Yo, you're going to start a whole rumor out here. It's um, called the Intro X Young Godfather. Is that what it's called? It is. Is he rapping? I, that's a good question because I don't know him to be one. Because I'm so. looking at the track list and the only thing that shows anybody else's name on there is one, like there's one track featuring Cowboy or Cowboy. I don't know. Maybe he had a strategy. Like, I'm just going to piss everybody off. Because he came at Meek Mill, um, came at 21 Savage. Like, maybe the whole point was to get us to listen to this album. Hmm. Well, there's a bunch of producers listed on here, so. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Very. All these kids and the things they do. Mm -hmm. All right. We got um, ASAP 12 is dropping. That wasn't on the list. Last time, um, we also got MBJ. You said that you heard something uh, positive about MBJ's album. AMBJ. I said I really enjoy the song Uno, and I will listen to his project. Even though I clearly did not listen, not enjoy Uno enough to go and seek out more music. But now that I know that he has an album coming out, if I remember tomorrow. <laughs> Give it a little listen. Well, he's got a joint with uh, with Khalifa, so oh, got, mm, got thirsty real quick. It's called Blow the Pickle. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, then moving right on. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got yo, I love some of these band names, yo. It the makes you want to listen to them, right? I know, I'm like born ruffians. Big Moochie Grape. He's killing people. He's got a tattoo on his eye, under his eye. Big Moochie Grape sounds like his life is all codeine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Hetty One from uh, the UK is dropping a project. He also features FKA Twigs. Uh, we got these titles are so... We got Keanu Lede, uh dropping Kiki, 17-track uh, joint tonight. 
Uh, so if you're looking for that R&B that people said was missing, we're going to get some more of that. That's dropped every week this year. Right. Um, we got Rod Wave. He's dropping an album. Uh, Steve Aoki is dropping a 27-track Thump Fest, I, I'm pretty sure. And uh, Thundercat. I'm excited about that. That's probably going to be the first thing I listen to tomorrow. We got Childish Gambino. Uh, we got Zach Fox. We got Flying Lotus. We got Bad Bad Not Good. Little B, Ty Dallison. We heard that one already. Uh, Lewis Cole um, on a song called I Love Lewis Cole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch Undercat. The titles are worth it. I feel like if I was in a room with James Fauntleroy and Thundercat, my brain would just explode. And there would be weed at the very least. For sure. So, yeah. (laughs) For this week, looking forward to all these good things. So speaking of, speaking of, since you brought up the fact that R&B, you know, people keep swearing that R&B is not around. I just want y'all to know that the weekend dropped when the weekend dropped this project last week and it became the number one album on uh, the billboard charts. It also officially passed the highest amount of streams for an R&B album since, since Beyonce dropped Lemonade. Wow. Mind you that this is in a time when streaming numbers have gone down because nobody's going to work, nobody's going to the gym, nobody's sitting in a coffee shop working and therefore having to drown out coffee shop music with their own music. So he beat that record last week. The week before last, Janae Aiko beat Beyonce's record. Um, Childish Gambino gave us a really good R&B album, R&B-ish album. So, you know... Don't let people keep lying to y'all and tell y'all that there's no good R&B out here. I mean, R&B's had a great run. Um, the, the past few years, there's been a lot of R&B artists just, you know, you had your Ella Mays, your Summer Walkers, you got your Blacks, you got, it's, it's just popping, you know? And now, for those of you that are stuck in the house with people that you do still like after being stuck in the house with them for three weeks, now's a good time to to find these R&B records and get to creating these, um, these, co- co- what what did they say they were going to call this generation? They said that in, you know, in 13 years, we're going to be calling them the, the quarantines. Get it? Cause they'll be the teenagers that were made during the quarantine. Like he was the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> But they had given, they said another, there was another name and I forget what it was. But anyway. Just as bad. Yes, it was just as bad indeed. Uh, so that's going to do it for us, you guys. For the moment, we are trying to find the best possible audio quality that we can give you while we continue to provide you with this entertainment. We'll just keep trying shit until we get it. But big shout out to our producer, Mikey, um, for doing what he can. Um also, hey, if you like the sound of my voice and you think it's pretty cool and I could possibly use this space to sell your products or uh, service, hit us up. Please hit us up. Uh, the email is the chop block pod at Gmail. That is not an email address for you to send music to, my nigga. We don't want it. We don't want it at all. Sorry. We don't. We don't care. Honestly, 
not yeah. on that end, not at that email address. Um, we do, you know, feature music on the site that isn't uh, an official release or by major artists. But, mm-hmm. you know, we like to find those things. We don't like to be solicited for those things. Uh, the show is at the Chop Block Pod on all platforms except for Instagram, where we are at Chop Block Pod. He is at Scissor215 on all these platforms. And she is at Saint Boogie on everything except Facebook because you are not friends. I keep telling you. Please don't find me on Facebook, sweetie. Your request will die there. It, it's going to sit there forever so I can remember that you're overstepping your boundaries. And if you think we're cool, just stick, just stick to Twitter, man. Like, it's fine. Twitter's open season. Twitter, my Twitter has my name on it because it's linked to my work profile. Twitter's your safe space. It is. And uh, the brand is at iStandard. We will see you next week. Wash your hands. Stay in the fucking house, y'all. Take your vitamins. Peace.